Than some putty eye, even if we day old. Y'all put your hands up. Nah, put your hands down. Put them in the ground. Mix it with the brown. It's that new sound. Even if it's age old. Pressure than some putty eye, even if we day old. live on the microbial secret society and here today i'm, I'm with special guest uh, ben Klenner. hello from perth australia yeah so so i've been uh ben i've been listening to ben's podcast the probiotic life and it's really been um inspirational in 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 my thinking on things cool yeah, yeah. So, so I want to, I want to, I want to first off just start by like thanking you a little bit for, for, for your efforts. Um, from, from what I see on your, uh, on your website here, you have what forty nine episodes. Yeah. So, so did you know the average age podcast? Do you know what the average length podcast of of a series? How many they make before they quit? No, I don't know. Do you, Do you think it's more than forty nine? Uh, I think it's probably like 12 or 20 or something like that. Really? By 20? Where By 20? You thought you think most people make it to 20? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how, I, mean how much... I, I did a lot of research when I first started a podcast, but it, you know, it's, I'm, uh, I, I don't know my stats, that sort of stuff. Well, how, how much, how much effort was it by episode 20? Like, were you like... Yeah, well, I was definitely on a roll by then. De um, but uh, it's I, I realized, oh yeah, like this is um just just the amount of time organizing with people. You know, that that's that's a fair bit of time. It's it's significant, right? Yeah. Yeah, and like at first you thought, oh, I'll just do this and it'll be fun, right? I'll just call my friends and have a chat, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it was good. It's it was actually good for me, um, sort of like in terms of my um uh, what I want to do is like, is this actually what I really want to do? Because if I do, I got to keep going and just keep, you know, put my head down and do it. And, and, and is it, I mean, you're at your ep episode 49 now because the, the average, the average show makes it to episode 10. Okay. Yeah. So you are a five time, five time hero. You actually have like five seasons under your belt. Right, yeah, well, I tell you what, this last year has been um, extremely difficult, um, throwing kids in the mix and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I realized, oh, okay, I'm going to keep doing this, but I'm playing the long game. I'm just going to put them out. Um, it hasn't even been com super consistently, but um, it's something that is like deep in my heart. I just feel like I need to keep doing this. I'm just going to keep putting them out. Um, I just like literally just put up one with Gil Carandang, um, which was awesome because I, I was like, I've been trying to contact him for a long time and I finally got it. 
<laughs> so I I just I just went to your website to pull it up just as I were about to start this podcast. I figured it'd be good to reference. And I just saw the gill and I actually had this twinge of like, oh, how did I not know yet? But it, apparently you just put it up like minutes ago, right? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. Because I was like, oh, Gil, I was like, I should have listened to that before we we talked because Gil's been hugely influential in my life. He he actually references um, you in there. He said, oh, I, I did a uh, teaching in Hawaii and I think Drake was there. So <laughs> that must have been a while ago, hey? So that was that was 2009. And it was it was this thing that I had organized where we, we had used this this mailing list of people. Um, I, and, um, I don't know exactly th- through meeting monthly, I think. And then, um, I emailed everybody and set up a website to collect money for the first time Gil was here. But right before he was here that week before I went to Korea to go see master Cho for the first time in Korea. So, so like as oh, wow. I'm coordinating this event for Gil to come and I'm collecting money and getting emails and like, and like, like literally like days before, like two days before that, I was in Korea. So for a whole week, I'm trying to, from Korea, bring Gil to Hawaii to help, you know, <laughs> I, organize. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I, I wasn't the main organizer, but I was, I was the outreach, like, you know, emailed the people, let them know, collected the money, told them to fill out, you know, the forms. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make that happen. Yeah. 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 So that's like 10 years ago, 11 years ago. 2009 and it's 2020 11, yeah no wow. wait, what 20 yeah nine years but yeah yeah so so that's i mean that that's old school natural farming i mean when and then his son um i don't know if he talked about it. he has he has a couple sons actually but one of his sons lived here in hawaii after that and helped folks kind of connect to the the filipino farmers doing papaya here Oh, no, it didn't. He didn't talk about that, but that's interesting. So there is actually multiple connections with Hawaii for natural farming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, his, his son is an American citizen. He has, he has a dual citizenship, whereas Gil only has a, 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 he's a citizen of the Philippines. Yeah, right. Well, he also lived in the States for quite a while too, I think. Well, San Jose, I think, and that's that's why his yeah. son was born here. Was born in America. That's why he's a dual citizen. His son. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that I mean. And so was, now I was just thinking about I was thinking about the first time that I heard of Korean natural farming, and I sort of put it to the side because I saw this website. I can't remember if it was naturalfarminghawaii.net or what, but it was like I saw. Oh yeah, like they're doing like pigs and livestock and you know at that time i was a landscaper and i was like yeah that's cool but i want to grow plants and you know compost and um so and so i put it to the side and then i think i heard about it again on the adam dunn show or something i can't remember it was a couple of years later that i was like oh maybe i should actually have a look at this korean natural farming thing so so it was like it was a um like your later exposure, like all of a sudden, like you, you had heard of it before it kind of like somehow it piqued your interest, but then like, like well, I saw like things like about like later. pigs. Yeah. And, and I was like, that's cool, but it's not really what I'm doing. You know, like, huh? Interesting. But, but now, I mean, now do you think you might even do pigs? Like, do you think you've come for full circle? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about the, uh, the farm that I, uh, work part-time on, 
they raise uh, sheep or pigs once a year um, and they have chickens there full time. So I'm like, okay, how can I start getting, getting, just take it away from the market garden and get it into the livestock? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it, it, the integrated farming for me has been one of the most crucial discoveries in Korean natural farming. Like ha- having having the, okay. the 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 animal manure that comes out of them, and then just their relationship with the farm. I think they're they're one of the fastest composters. Yeah, I was just thinking about this the other day too. Like the IMO three or four, you could put that in your um in your uh, human manure as well, like in the composting toilet, that would be epic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so my, my pig pen, that, that, that four foot deep um, layer beneath the pig's feet, that, that is, if I dig down into that, what I find is it's like a, um, it's like a IMO pile. You know how IMO piles get hot? Mm, mm-hmm. That, that same warmth, but but not not like an overheating IMO pile, but imagine just like a warm compost, just like like you know like warm bed sheets would be. Yeah, just like a stable warm temperature. Like, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And so, so my whole pig pen floor is at that microbial warmth. Place. So, so it's like an ideal. Uh, IMO pile that I that is sitting is not only just going for like seven days or like you know the standard time. But this floor is going for for four months to four to six months. Oh, awesome! So you can you could do a hot water system through there. Well, but it would just be lukewarm, though. It yeah. would just be well, like a hundred and one. You could actually. You know, that's right. right. You could transfer that heat at least to like if you had underground heating in the floor. Then you, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could it, it insulates the whole building. So, so yeah. you just you just you know yeah. And so are you getting like the, um, is it really seeing like visual um, IMO fungal bloom in the floor or is it just the warmth? Uh, you know, you know, I mean, you need like a large carbohydrate source for it to bloom out. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I, if I took a hand, like a clump of mill run and I put it in there, it would just immediately bloom out. Right, yeah. I think I've noticed that with um, playing around with like, well, it's not really IMO5, but playing around with stuff like that, I'm like, oh, okay, I don't see it bloom out so much, but there's definitely stuff happening in there. Well, so so what I can tell you is is it goes as a distinct change. So I set up my pig pen and, and what I do is I'm now harvesting this material. So I'll harvest out one third of the pig pen area as like this super rich material. And then I'm in, in one third to a half of it. Then I'm replacing it with fresh wood chips that look just like fresh wood chips. Mm. And the pig is on that material, but by the, and the pig usually makes waste on one side. But after about four months, four to six months of the pig being on this material, it has changed from being wood chips into like, if you analyze it, I mean, it's, it's just like biology and, you know, the, the, the pig makes waste on one side, but the whole system, because it's a living floor, the whole 12 by 14 floor acts as one like mycelial super organism 
to then process the waste. So it's not just like, oh, there's a little IMO. It's like, no, there's this whole organism and it, and it changes from wood chips into this matter that then you put that out on the land. And that's where I'm harvesting out one third after that time period. And now that's like, it's all the manure. It's those wood chips, which is CN ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that gets me so excited. That's like, I think, uh, I can't remember which episode, but you're talking about the, um, piles of wood chips, just like as like microbial mountains, you know, just like, then they can just come and go freely. And and it's just like spreading, spreading across the landscape. Um, At the right time when at the right conditions, you know, when maybe when it's raining or whatever, they just pop out. In front from that fortress, which is like their super stronghold, and then and then they just they come out from there, like and and as you inoculate it, like the the pile tech, this this idea of like you know you know just like us, if if we spread us all out, and then we don't have like super stores or cities or distribution centers, and we're all put out on the land, that's a hard life. But if mm-hmm. we have these cities like this pile which is like all these resources and things coming there. And like, you know, it always has moisture and water and we're connected to that via like mycelial networks. Then, then we can, you know, now we have a functioning society. Yeah. Yeah. I just think of like the Amazon rainforest, you know, like the, uh, the idea that there was so many people living in there because it was a, a living ecosystem that could support everybody you know, and in sort of in the same way, you know, like from the air, you can't see these people or the, see the structures that people built, but underneath that's what's going on. You know, millions of people living in this uh, life giving environment. Yeah. That they didn't need to like deforest it to, to build this structure that would, would fight against it. And, and but they just built it as it grew, like, you know, mm. like, I think, I think that was their thing. Like, right. Like they're living with like palm fronds and things that they're not trying to like deforest an area to, you know, I mean, not significantly anyway. Yeah. 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 But, but just coming back to the deep litter, because that's something that's been fascinating me. Um, even now that I've been playing around with making more fungal, a uh, dominated compost, you know, I've been working at a, uh, uh, a mushroom farm, Sort of stepped away a little bit now, but uh, I'm still get get the um, spent mushroom substrate, and here we're using like um, jarrah or carry, which are their eucalypts. Um, so you've got that substrate. Um, I've got a big pile of mulch out the front, and then my nitrogen is coming from a bakashi food scraps. Um, playing around with you know. Um, IMO using IMO as Bakashi, but then also adding some EM and stuff, but mixing basically mushroom, spent mushroom substrate, uh, wood chips and Bakashi together. And, um, yeah, it gets nice and hot. And, um, this last batch, I even added some, some of the, um, stuff that didn't decompose when I did the, my last FAA. Um, and so then it just got hot again for the second time. Uh, but what's coming out of it is so nice. It's like, it's compost, but it's, it's just, uh, a different quality to it. And I, I would almost use it as a potting mix. You know, it's sort of that light and fluffy. It's not gluggy at all. 
just by adding heaps and heaps and heaps of uh, wood chips of lignin. And then what I'm becoming a real fan of is that Bokashi food scraps because you can put everything in there and it does hold more nitrogen in there than if you uh, aerobically compost and, you know, off gas some of that nitrogen. So, so this is a mixture that you like a bucket type thing that you're building in your kitchen for, for a few days or a few or, or week or however long, I'm not sure. And then you're mixing that outside in this other process. That's right. Yeah. 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 But really the idea what I'm thinking about the deep litter is like, there's heaps of a pre like fungally pre-digested wood, uh, you know, uh, digesting the lignin, I guess, and then the the wood chips as well. So, like, not even trying to put that much garden green waste in there. It's just heaps and heaps of wood chips, and then high nitrogen from the bakashi, which comes with its own, you know, um, microbiome. Yeah, and then and then you're going to use the product of that as a as a top dress soil amendment type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I do that for my fruit trees, and I've just been playing around adding some IMO to that. That the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in liquid and solid, how, how are you putting the IMO in when you say? Oh that? no, no, doing like an IMO four or, or you know IMO five sort of amendments after I've made the compost. So the compost is finished, but it's like nice fungal com, uh, fungal dominated, and then adding that you know trace minerals, uh, some red clay and the, um, the IMO in there. So, so from what I, what I understand, that's something that, that master Cho would call a fermented mixed compost. And then it's also been called like an IMO five sometimes, right? Yeah. Have- yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much it. The only thing is I, I pulled out all the worms. There's heaps of composting worms. I was like, Oh, I, <laughs> you didn't want I don't to kill know them. if you, you will, you will like, like, I mean, there's heaps of eggs. That's my thing is, you see lots of uh, little egg capsules. Sweet, I'm making good compost. Well, that that if you then make that, you, you train microbes with that. They'll then um, eat chitin, right? Because those eggs are made of chitin. So then you're training. Mm. Um, I, and I I heard it's like um, mice, mycenides, mycenides. I don't I don't know myces that that produces this chitinase stuff. But that's we well, we also learned about that. Um, one, one thing I wanted to mention to you is that what I, what we found is, you know how you're making a Bokashi bucket in your kitchen? Yeah. So we make a Bokashi bucket in our bathroom. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Nice. But, yeah. but the, the, and the stuff that we, we were trying to use leaves and then brown bananas and then this, and then IMO. So, but what, what we discovered is that just um, the floor from the pig pen, you, you know, like just just like a, a mature pig pen floor area, we bring down like a five gallon bucket of that, mm. and we set that by by the by the toilet, and then we I just got another toilet where I just took the seat and I cut out you know and I just put a toilet seat on a chair over over yeah. a five gallon bucket. Yep. And at first with the, with the leaves in there and stuff, it made airspace and then there was a few flies and then there was also some odor coming out and, and it just wasn't that, that sanitary. But, but we've discovered now that the Bokashi, like the solution is to use the pig pen floor. 
Because that's like trained the to those to, sort of microbes, isn't to it? To eat manure, right? It, they're they're yeah. like highly specialized manure digesting, you know, feces weight, you know, digesting organisms. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a matter of you make brown bananas and then you just sprinkle enough, um, you know, uh, material in there just to cover it. And as soon as you cover it, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to put a ton in there and like bury, you know, because you just, you don't need that much. But you just, yeah. you know, d- dust it over liberally to cover it, and and it's, you know, that. So is that is that similar to how you're doing your uh, your bokashi? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, uh, I've tried IMO three. I've done tried um, different mixes. I get like spent beer grains and do uh, spent. Basically, get uh, either IMO three works pretty well. But I just found adding EM in there, it just, it just it ferments it in a slightly different way. I think I'm getting more um, lactic acid bacteria in. Um, so using EM with a little bit of um, IMO2 mixed together and on spent beer grains, that seems to work really well. But same thing, you know, um, I, don't, I don't have any, I have um, uh, five-gallon buckets and I just put, probably a third of the five gallon bucket full of wood chips. Cause I don't have like a double bucket system where it drains through to collect the, um, the cashy, um, liquid. I just put enough wood chips in there just to soak up the liquid as I'm putting the food scraps. So yeah, put the food scraps in there, sprinkle a bit on top, uh, same thing. And then, uh, I think I have a five or six buckets in rotation. And and how how long do you let it kind of f- ferment? Like how long, like you're leaving it open and filling it? Like what's what's that process? Yeah, well, uh, probably takes about a week to ten days to fill one of those with uh, with uh, food scraps. Maybe a bit longer, just depending. And then um, then I'll leave it. I, I just leave it in rotation. So I'll do try and. Minimum is two weeks, which is what they recommend with Bokashi. Let it ferment for two weeks. But I like letting it go a bit longer. And this last time when I took some photos of the um, the blooms on top, it looks like an actual um, fungal bloom, not just actinomycetes. You know, is that if, if anyone's ever seen um, mycelium growing on agar, and you know how it does that flush and then it slows down and then it does another flush and it slows down and it creates those rings like, you know, tree rings. This was like that. And I was like getting really excited because I know that that's like a higher, um, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Like a more evolved fungi. It's, it's not like just some of the, um, the molds and stuff, the ones that actually make, make, um, flushes and gross like that. Uh, I don't know about all of them, but I know a lot of them can actually produce fruiting mushrooms. Are are you taking when you when you discover something like that? Are you taking that one and then reseeding your other batches with with that bokashi? Uh, no, but I know that that stuff is coming from the IMO two that I'm mixing in, so I I have a a nice stash of that. So so that seems to be a a, a good choice for inoculum. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, and then um, also, I mean, you're adding EM and I know the the lady you interviewed, uh, let's see, what, what's her name? Anne Kater, oh, Katerina. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Shoke. Shoke. Yeah. Yeah. She was talking so much about EM and she was talking about this, this pulse of it. Where, where to her, what was in, what wasn't important was that you put a lot at once. What was important to her was that you took like just a drop, but three times a day for a long time, and that was her key to healing, from from what I recall. Yeah, yeah, that that totally influenced me. That episode was like, it's sort of built on for me. It built on what um, Masanobu Fukuoka talks about. You know, it's it's a real philosophy, and it's about you know being mindful of yourself and being connected into nature. Um, and then what, what she was talking about is like, whoa, this is, this is the secret society, right? This is where it gets deep. Like there's so much there. And so what I've done is I, I mixed um, the EM mother culture with um, kombucha because they're actually about the same pH uh, and I thought, okay, I'll do two parts EM to one part kombucha and then put it in a little dripper bottle. And so my water, even the stuff I got right there, that's just got like three or four drips of um, of this liquid that I made. And I give that to my family. What I, what I like about it is my kids can't actually taste it because sometimes when I give them like um, funky fermented things, they're like, dad, that's disgusting. But this is like just you know, drip irrigation. Well, it's, it's along the Korean natural farming principle of also like, you know, the dilutions being one to 1000, mm, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and if you take something like OHN, think of that, it's one to 1000, but there's also six things in there. So each of those is, you know, so minutia of like, how much garlic are you getting? Mm, well, it's mm. like, you know, like in, in these things where you're saying you're putting a few drops in and you're, you're feeding like this. I think this is the new science of like plants and like human absorption in this concept of this little pulse, like a little bit of biostimulant, like, mm-hmm. you know, just a drop in there and then a little bit of this microbe. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that, that reminds me of some of the studies they did in, um, I think it was Costa Rica with EM about, you know, adding it to the soil there. I think um, the guy that does Terraganics in the States, I think he, he went down to Costa Rica and they did some studies. Um, anyways, the point is in the soil, they couldn't even find their EM in large quantities. But every time they're adding Bokashi, adding EM, it's in training that whole microbial ecosystem. So, you know, that idea of entrainment is what we're basically doing in IMO4 of entraining the microbes around and getting the party going in the right way. You know, it's like, okay, so this is how we work together because, man, now you're just getting me going. Like nothing exists in isolation, you know? It's like... Of course, it needs to be yeah, um, a party where everyone's getting on. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's just going to collapse. 
Well, I, th- I thought her her description, like I, the light bulb you're explaining there was also a, an idea that was for me, where she explained that EM is not just this good microbe. It's actually a teamwork process that there's more to this like true EM than what's put on by just taking three microbes and pouring them into a bottle and saying, here it is. What mm-hmm. what what um, Dr. Ann is going to say, I'm just, I'm just going to call her Dr. Ann, was saying is that it's a teamwork function and when and i think what you're saying there is the same is was what i was thinking is that when you apply this to imo3 which is you know microbes growing in in similar to a bokashi process and then making imo4 where you're taking soil and you're regrowing them what you're doing in that process why imo is so effective is the team building process that's done there mm-hmm. Yep. And just to add on that too, like I've taken fresh IMO3 that I've made and grew it out aerobically and also stuck it straight in a bucket and fermented it like um, Bokashi grains. And to me, that's where you can start to change what's going on and they change the team building exercises that you're giving these guys, right? So do you want it to ferment um, anaerobically? you know, in a composting toilet or whatever, but it's like, okay, we've got these microbes. What's their, what's their training schedule? You know, what are we going to put them through to really uh, strengthen in those areas? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's interesting. I mean, the, the digestive powers you're trying, you're in training them within the Bokashi bucket in, in those enzymes, those digestive enzymes you're producing. And then, and then I think I always talk about it in the microbiome. Like one analogy I use is that, it, you know, with the IMO process, you're trying to keep it under 120 degrees, which I think is 50 centigrade. Right? Yeah, I think like 48 or something. Yeah, well, so so just call it 50 for, for ease of like, you know, it's not this precise, like just like my body temperature fluctuates like tiny bits. But so what you're trying to do is keep it under that. So the team building process you're building, like when it's under 120 degrees, the microbes are more like kids that are in 4-H class. Yep. And and if the temperature rises above that, it's like a rave happened. Like a bunch of ecstasy was distributed <laughs> and they just start banging each other School and like kids, not yeah. doing any of their fucking homework. And they're just like at the rave puking till like six in the morning. And and that's what happens when you go above 120 is like the and rave. And they're all dehydrated. Yeah. The EDM starts. It's like, whoa. Whoop, 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 whoop. As soon as the beat, you know, and then it just like the, the you know, the, the bass drop right when it goes above 120 is like, and all these microbes start banging. And, yeah. and then, and then you end up, the team is no longer team building. Now you're, now they're partying. Right. Yeah. So the team building process of, of culturing the microbes is so vital in itself. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, what would happen if you kept that going? The same with when you're breeding, you know, you, you get qualities that you like and breed that out again and breed that out again and breed that out again. So I don't know. <laughs> that's just go, going off. I have no idea how that would go, but I'm, that's what I'm thinking for um, going into more facultative anaerobes or, you know, whatever is going on in there. Well, well, that's, I mean, that is what we do with natural farming, right? The, the second breeding them off again is like IMO4 in the soil. 
and and then you know mixing with manure and i i think i think one of the one of the things about like as you keep breeding them off you gotta also worry about inbreeding them too much like they get better at a task right but the more you breed them the more specialized they become for certain tasks right true yeah yeah. then they can't handle as many situations so so i think i think it's a balance and then you get them then you get a new um you know with the imo you get a new seed copy like imo2 from your forest again Mm. and and then and now you got this wild like genes intermixing because you got too specialized but in nature it's like you know we're we're not that like nature is specialized but it's also like i mean think how much you have to do being a natural farmer versus like i mean you got to know so much like so much right Mm. Mm. you get those those wild genes those those land race genes in there to like give it a bit of spice well it's like it's like the you know like think of it like indigenous people like they've lived and they're like super sustainable for years and years but then this other microbe that came in was like this this like what we call western culture and basically they they were just like super efficient you know in a different way but got super specialized and got so good at extracting and cutting down lumber and mining the earth and building widgets that that you know, like that the situation, the, the system became kind of s- s- appears to me unhealthy, like the fish and all that verse, but, but that it'll go back to this. Um, so you got to like bring back in the indigenous culture because what, what's happened is we got too specialized. We were in there like in a Bokashi bucket, but we forgot like the real world's not like this Bokashi bucket. Mm. And we're just like, oh, there's so much rich stuff. We'll dissolve this. We'll dissolve that. And then it turns out we're we're applying that to everywhere. And it turns out no, like the the indigenous culture that's out there maybe has a has a better grasp on how like leaves fall slowly, and you can't use all the leaves right now to to consume this because you know we have to keep the fire burning through winter. You know, and like the indigenous knowledge versus. In the Bokashi bucket, it's like, there's so many orange peels. Just eat them all now. Orange peels for everyone. Burn them all. You know, like, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's this different mentalities. Actually, I, I like that uh, analogy for, for EM. It's like EM is specialized, whereas IMO is like, there's a bit more. Well, there's obviously more diversity, but it's like, it's it's the philosophy behind using something out of a bottle, whereas you have to work with nature to culture something, you know? There's so much more richness of um, of working with a culture rather than, okay, I'm just going to pour it out of a bottle, which is instant gratification. Yeah, what, like, like yeah, the EM culture and more like effective coming in. Yeah, but, it, but they fix problems and they fix them quick, right? Yeah, or- yeah, yeah. Like we like, I, I like to think about this. Allopathic medicine, Western medicine, is really good for an emergency situation. You know, like if you like, I don't know, if your legs got cut off, it's really good at, at addressing that. You know, but long-term health issues, not so much. Well, a, a friend, a friend explained it to me. Like um, American medicine is like battlefield medicine. Like they yeah. want to get you back fighting as fast as they can. So they're not going to be like, oh, okay, you know, like worried about your long-term health. They're more like, you got a leg problem. Okay, we'll cut it off and we'll get you a fake one and keep fighting. But, you know, they're not yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
all of our fix, like in, in even our, our meals, like, you know, like you look at the schools across America, the cafeterias that feed, you know, millions of kids, they're just like military canteens. You know, in fact, the Department of Defense uh, fulfills the orders for the food in Hawaii schools, Department of Education. What? Yeah. Wow. So you're eating like this mess food, you know, that, that it's and, and that's the schools are like that. And then hospitals are just like, you know, military hospitals. Yeah, I mean, that's what um, and Shocker was talking about, you know, it's like our whole way that we perceive personify um, microbes is in this like military mindset of colonies of microbes fighting against each other, you know. That's one perspective of of what life is about. Well, even even American or Western culture is is this same like warlike style of like you know get up, get your coffee, get to work, you know, like charge to the battlefronts, be on the front lines, you know, like like the way we live is is you know the hospitals to get you fighting again. It's not to like care about you or like nurture you or like worry you know build your family or your cooperative or see how much off you know goods you can offer without you know pillaging some other people faster and, and taking more advantage to get more profit. You know which which it's great when the profit comes in a natural way. And like, the, mm, mm-hmm. you know, a nature is abundant. So I'm not a hundred percent against profit, but when you, when you're profit, like you're, you're profiting and it's not an alignment with nature. Like, like for instance, I, like I owe, I, I loan you money and then, you know, and then I get $22 back from you. Like, that's not the same as me giving you a seed and then asking for a few, you know, corn back because mm, the, mm-hmm. because the money didn't, wasn't grown the same way as nature natural abundance so so like i think that's you know it's another part of our warlike nature is we have our our money is also not with nature yeah yeah it's um it's interesting every time i go to um california to the states but mostly i'm in california it's like everybody's got a side hustle you know everybody's doing their thing which is cool. I think it's good to be able to be working on your passion, but like at what expense, you know, I'm not saying being part of being part of a system is good, you know, having your own, your own thing is better, but like what, why, why are you hustling? You know, what's the reason behind it? Is it, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where my my mind goes. And, and what do you, what do you, what do you think that is? I mean, well, I think that we want, we want to get out of a lot of people want to get out of the nine to five, the system, you know, just locked into our lifestyle by like even all the insurances and everything, like all that stuff we, we got, we got to produce, you know, and a nine to five to, to, stay in that but to step out of there would be really scary if you like you can either make more money or you can go the other way live below the poverty line and have other forms of capital you know what i mean like um 
you know, the gift economy and just like the more you give, the more you get back because there's everything is circulating. To me, that's more like nature. But in in the society that we're in, it's like, okay, well, I have to make more money because that is how I'm going to get out of this loop. Well, you know, you know, I mean, I, I've I've always I've always struggled with money it, it just because I I know the Federal Reserve and where where it comes from, which which I'm getting better at, but but for me, it's it's about it's about creating value. Mm. Like I and, and not all, I one one thing I'm 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 kind of blessed with is I've I've dis disassociated money from value. Okay, I'm interested. How how did that? How how did you get to that place? Well, well, I mean, how one, do you disassociate disassociate money from value? Well, I mean, take take this KNF journey for instance here, and and that that I'm not I I didn't get paid a ton. I'm not rich. I you know I've I've helped a bunch of people. I've I've filmed some stuff. I've shared videos. You know, I've created a ton of value. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and now now I don't I don't realize that value in the same way you know like what 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 happens like like you know stuff I can't pay for gets done that I that I couldn't realize otherwise right like like there's a, there's a difference like like if you if if you do good for people they'll give you like the 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 bro rate like the inner rate right they may even do it for free if I like if I really like you I might even do it for free right. But if but if you're always out in this hustle realm or this outside realm trying to create money and you're not in this value state like creating value for people, then I'd have to pay like retail price. Yeah. Yep. So so that's that's disassociating, right? I'd rather just create the value. But it's got to come from inside, right? I mean, like the 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 uh, the impetus to want to to want to do that. Like where my mind goes is, um, yeah, really wanting to help, really be a part of the solution to something that you see. Really, really being a part of, um, wanting to make the world a better place. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because what I what I've created is largely intangible. Right, like I haven't, I haven't made a whole bunch of widgets, right? Mm, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of culture there, right? People, people come into the Korean natural farming um, uh, world. I guess you know, online it's Facebook mostly, but there's, uh, yeah, it's like cr- creating, creating a different culture. Well, well, the fact the fact that you're in Australia right now, and and you know you know like Korean natural farming, like one of one of these intangible widgets, is now like you you have possession of it, you know this value. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no, there's no money, right? You, you never, you, you didn't really pay money. I mean, sure, sure. There's like a few courses you could have taken money for, and you could have, you could have flown here to Hawaii, 
you know, there's, there's like a few ways that I, that I, I do make money along the way of what, you know, so I'm not starving. Right. Cause I mean, not and grow my own food too. Right. We, we eat a lot of our own food. So I, so that idea of starving is not really the best, but usually people equate starving with money and that's not true here. Cause I, with mm. no money, I, I, with no money, like if, if, if the grid went down and there was no money, uh, I'm pretty sure I'd have enough food here. And, and to be able to like extend it and like not have to go replenish someplace ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be uh, sharing a lot of my, my, um, fermented beverages with people <laughs> trade, trading those for things. Well, with fermentation, you can turn anything into food. Hmm. Mm. Like think think like inedible cacti or what I don't I don't know what grows in Australia. I haven't been there, but I just imagine like ferment that stuff and and now you're getting like cacti nutrients, you know, and everyone else is like dying and you're like just like drinking this beverage, just a few drops of lacto in there, like do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But I but I I promote this stuff as like kind of um it, it's almost like grid down technology okay so like this is uh well when you say grid down technology what i think of is okay it's closer to indigenous wisdom that will um outlive um societies and technologies I, I think so. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's a lot of what this, this knowledge is like, it's, it's actually like ancient wisdom that, that, um, have you, have you looked into like the, the similarity of Jesus and lactobacillus? No, no. Enlighten me. Well, so he was born in a barn. Yep. In a manger of hay. So, sounds pretty good for for starting a, a, a lactobacillus culture, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from a virgin mother, like from the mom, right? Didn't didn't come from the dad. It's just the milk from the mom. Yeah, yeah. With the with the farm animals, and then and then what 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 makes what makes kombucha? Like, what's is there is there lactobacillus in kombucha? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I know there is in June, so I'd say there probably is. Okay, so do you know that wine in in Canaan, the land of Canaan? Yeah. That that was where where Jesus went to do his first miracle, right? Yeah. In Canaan. So do you know what the what they used to call wine in Canaan? No. no. Kombucha. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Okay. What is that like a I um uh, Hebrew word or something, or well, well I, 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 I subscribe to this kind of conspiracy that they've hijacked what what wine is today, and we drink this substance that you probably shouldn't drink, and they call it wine, and they say, oh, it's the sacrament, like here it is in the Bible, and here's the sacrament of this stuff. But I think it was actually like kombucha before, because kombucha is really like gives you a lot of probiotics and a lot of life, and it like you know like you go to a religious place. And it gives you the spirit, right? Mm. Like you're inoculated with lactobacillus, for instance. Like you got the spirit of, of you know, if, if this story I'm telling you is true, you got the spirit of the way in you at least. 
Mm, the way, yeah. Yeah, I actually just um, pressed my own grapes in a barrel with my feet the other day. Oh, oh yeah, to, to make to make the other the other type of wine. Yeah, but but like that bloom on the outside of grapes, that's not just yeast. Oh. There's all sorts of stuff in there. And it's how you process it, um, you know, changes it to more yeast, but there's all sorts of stuff. And I, I drank some of it um, just to, to test it out because I am going to, you know, rack it into bottles and stuff, but it's, it's sour. Like there's definitely lacto in there. Hmm. So, so, you know, um, do you, do you know, uh, like Jesus was an Essene? Do you know, do you know what that is? Uh, no, I heard of it. I can't remember what that is. Well, one of, one of their, one of their rules is they're not allowed to eat grapes. Okay. So, so today when we get the wine from the grape, it's like they, they didn't, they didn't eat grapes as, as that, at least this is the thing I know. If you, if someone else has a different version, come, come correct me on the show and we'll, we'll talk about it. But this is the version I know is that they don't, they don't eat grapes. So when, when they tell you what wine is today, it's this substance where wine, wine, like the one that Jesus made at the wedding was actually like kombucha. Okay. Yeah. So it's more like a symbiotic colony culture of bacteria and yeast all mixed together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was one of his, his, his miracles that he did was the, you know, kombucha. like, yeah, made kombucha somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, according, yeah. So, so that's, that's what I mean. Historically, if you looked at it, that's what it would be. And, and then, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you know, what, do you know his, the other things he did that, that Lacto can do for us? Oh, <laughs> no, I haven't thought about that really. Well, so, so imagine if you were blind from coming out of a, a woman with venereal disease and that venereal disease was like in your eyes. <laughs> yeah okay because you were you were the son of a, a hooker and you know that's that's just what you know and and so but imagine imagine someone then took dirt or imos or lactobacillus and they spat in it and they rubbed it together and then they rubbed it in your eyes that had this this venereal disease infection in your eyes that you had since birth and you could never really see because it was always like you know like pink eye basically chronic pink eye Dude. Yeah. Okay. So you're putting IMO to, to uh, outcompete the uh, the harmful colony of microbes. If if then if then you went to the river and washed your eyes, do you think you could see after after the microbes ate out that other? Yeah. Yeah. Would you have to like let it ferment on your eyes for a bit? Then I mean, if he was blind, how long do you think it's going to take him to walk to the river? <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that, that is definitely an interesting concept that i have not um thought about before but um there you go <laughs> well, was yeah so you know the secret society of of knowing like un understanding like that's that's why i'm saying that that you know these these microbes this knowledge has been like encoded in ways where today, like with this knowledge, now I start talking about these stories and you're like laughing at them, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of like, it's kind of eerie, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
it makes me think like this is what I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like Mother Earth and Father God, like are one in the same. You know, you cannot separate them. In my opinion, it's like the physical is a spirit is a, is a manifestation of the spiritual. Okay, so then we go and do all these things um, and separate ourselves from the natural world. And even though we're not separate, separate, in reality, in our mind, we are separate. And that's the thing that holds us back. So um, the, the, everything that we need is in nature, is, in, is perfect, is, is, it's all there. That's why I love Korean natural farming. It's all there. We just need to know how to utilize it. And work with it rather than enforcing our own sort of wills on it. But not saying that we can't do our own thing, but our own thing comes out of the inspiration that's inside of us. Each each one of us, we have our own inspiration to go and do something to, hey, this is how I, I can personally partner with nature, with the natural world, with what's going on. That's my two cents. I, I, yeah, I, I totally, I totally resonate with that. Like the idea of, you know, mother, father, somehow this existence pops up and you're definitely part of that original source or spark in some way. Like just all of it is, if you believe, you know, in eternity, that means everything at all time is all there in it, you. And, um, that, yeah, that, that connection, I think, I think the other, the other thing that we often, that I run into is that we feel like we're alone. But but if you start to realize natural farming, you realize there's there's like trillions of microbes that that aren't aren't your enemy. Like like as as um, Doctor Ann was saying, like they're not they're not your enemy. They're not warlike. That's just like one label we've given to them, which was not good. Like we immediately gave them like a poor name or a poor idea. And and if you think of it uh, that way, you're alone and you're actually fighting this war against all these tr- everything everywhere you turn. There's an enemy. But if you think of it as we're actually symbiotic and all these things are our teachers and our helpers, every square inch, everywhere you go, you're not alone. And all of those things are also from that same source that you are. And they Mm -hmm. also have Mm -hmm. that same connection to that. And there's so many beings around you. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of humans and most like a lot of the humans you encounter can have tendencies that you're like, "Mm." Uh, you, you think maybe they're against you. But there are so many infinite more life forms in this universe that are on your team and everyone's team mm. that the only people against you are like this super, super small minority, even though they're really big, they're giants, they're huge compared to the other pe- the other things. But the other thing, like thinking in that way of like this peace was, was her message, right? It was this like make peace at all scales, make peace with the EM, like live from that space and, and that we're not alone. And that we can actually hear messages in lots of different ways, you know. I mean, within human communication, what what is speech? I think it was is like twenty percent or something of communication is is the actual words that come out of our mouths. 
as opposed to, you know, tone and uh, uh, physical um, actions. Extrapolate that. It's like, okay, so what we see, what are all these messages that are around us that are trying to talk to us in different languages? Not even in different languages and just in different, I don't know. Well, frequencies. Your frequencies. So, so I, I have this personal belief that DNA, the way it's shaped and the way it's formed and the way it's twisted is actually like an, a fractal antenna. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and so, so what it can do is it can send and receive on all bandwidths because of its fractal nature, because it's self-similarity and the way it's coiled and the way it goes. And certain parts of it are tuned to tune into certain frequencies or not. That's why you have variation in your DNA. But in general, your DNA is, is tuned to tune into every frequency. And what I believe is that DNA can actually send and receive these things like immediately. They're not bound by the same thing of like, I have to, you know, I, this, this particle has to travel from point A to point B. It's more along the lines of there's a stick between point A and point B. And when I push point A, point B also moves. Mm -hmm. So DNA is actually on that level, meaning that signals don't have to travel between my DNA to your DNA. They're actually all connected by these rods so to say, like, just imagine. So when I move, the whole structure moves with me. It's not like I have to send a particle from me to Australia. It's like when I push my right arm, your right arm moves in Australia because That's they're attached by rods. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. And I think DNA is, is the antennas that go on that level. The more DNA you have, the more you quantum entanglement you have with, with this universe. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to remember the name of, uh, have you ever seen those coils? Um, they're like two reverse spirals and it's an electromagnetic coil. They put a, um, oh, it's a, it's a special term, but basically it's, uh, if you would look at it in a, um, electromagnetic force, there's two vortices going opposite ways. Um, you know, and you can it, actually sh you can actually shoot energy with these, like literally shoot energy um, into like a, a Faraday cage. Uh, well, I've seen I've seen Tesla coils where where they get like spark discharges from a from a thing, but I think what you're when you're talking about maybe it's different. It is different. I I wish I could remember what the name is, but it's like you could use a Tesla coil to power this. But it's not um it's it's energy um not in a um like a, a lightning form or anything like that. But it focuses energy. Um you can actually aim it like a gun and, and and focus the energy. And um if you have a radio, just a regular, you know, AM radio inside a Faraday cage, you can shoot energy through the Faraday cage and hit and hit this thing because it's like a focused beam of electromagnetic energy but it comes back to vortices and those spirals of dna which is basically if you think about it those are like these mini antennas 
Yeah, yeah, because they're they're all wrapped in in vortices around and, and twisted. So, so I, I believe so. So, what what I think is there's cosmic energy. There's this cosmic matrix around us that they're all they're all linked into somehow. But so so my idea is the more microbes you get on your body, like imagine imagine you go now and lay down in a pile of really beneficial. A loving DNA because these microbes, like they think they're at war. What these microbes are doing is they're making love with each other. They're having romance. They're they're in their highest form of like reproduction when you're in an IMO pile. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for our free episode. So join us at www.microbialsecret.org for the full episode and join the Microbial Secret Society. So uh, may the beneficial microbes be with you. Aloha.